It's March 19th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. St. Patrick's Day weekend, everybody. Hope you guys are enjoying a long run and maybe a green beer. I know Apostoli may or may not be enjoying a green beer, um, but we'll find out in a minute. As always, I'm your host, Alex Main, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, soon-to-be dad, Apostoli Everniatis. We are here to bring you inspiring stories and talk to the Pacers who are making an impact, whether that's professional athletes, political figures, CEOs, authors, and running leaders. And now we've been waiting for it, Apostoli. Are you going to have a green beer this weekend? I'm having a green beer. Does does it count if if the beer bottle is green? Uh, that's fine by me. What a what a Midwestern. Th- I feel like it's a very Midwestern thing, a Chicago thing, to have green beer or to to dye the the rivers green. Yeah, that's um. I mean, it's very. Very Irish, which we have here in this region, from here down to Chicago. Yes. What's the most exciting thing about your St. Patrick's Day this year? Um. Uh. Oh, uh, on St. Patrick's Day, I fasted for twenty-one hours. That was probably the highlight of my St. Patrick's Day. Fasted for twenty-one hours. Is that? the most you've done so far yeah ever crazy dude i you know i've been doing like 15 and then i got caught up in meetings all day and then i just really wasn't hungry i don't know why and then the next thing i knew it was like 18 19 hours i'm like well let's get to 20 and then it happened to be 21 once dinner was ready so i i felt pretty good that i did that so that was the highlight of my saint patrick's day and i had a guinness so Mm. God was bless. that after the fasting or can you still fast after having a Guinness? Probably can't. That breaks the fast. Uh, that, yeah. Well, I ate and then had a Guinness. Now, looking back on it, I should have broke the fast with a Guinness. But hey, you live, you learn. Maybe next year I'll do that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's dietitian recommended, but yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I was reading a funny tweet where it like categorized like the top five holidays when you were a kid and it's like Christmas, Thanksgiving or the Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, whatever. And then it was like 20th, St. Patrick's Day. And then it was like re-ranking everything in his adult and like St. Patrick's Day was like number three um, because you just go out and party your butt off for it. Yes. I thought that was pretty funny. But what, so looking at this list, like. Fourth of July as an adult was like number six, which I thought was like, that's like, dude, Fourth of July is the goat holiday for as an adult, I feel. I just love it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the Fourth of July this year, especially after we all get vaccinated. So bring me those warm summer days, baby. Uh, are you excited to be a dad? I am excited to be a dad. And and, and I'll tell weeks. you what my, because since you asked, uh, my favorite thing about my St. Patrick's Day was the fact that my baby was not born on St. Patrick's Day. Um, actually, truth be told right now, guys, uh, 
we we are recording this. It's still St. Patrick's Day, so I shouldn't jinx it. I shouldn't say that. I'll take it back. But the last thing you'd want is for your kid to, to have a birthday on a day where everybody goes out and gets extremely drunk. Um, you'd want a more like low-key day to be your birthday day, right? I would say. It depends what you're going for. So a couple funny things. Uh, you should have more than one child because I'm an only child and I didn't even ask you the question you asked me. I just like moved on to the next subject. So lesson learned, have two kids so they don't, you, you don't have only child syndrome. Second, Christina's mom's birthday is St. Patrick's Day, which I, I always forget every year until it's St. Patrick's Day. And uh, we do have the conversation every year. Is that fun or not? And I guess it depends. It's a personal preference. Well, happy birthday to Christina's mom. Yeah, it's awesome. But, uh, well, here's a funny fact. So, uh, actually, I want to go back to the fasting for a second or fast forward to my fasting. Is uh, I want to give a shout out to a um, friend of the pod, my running buddy, Chase Prognow, who got me into fasting. I've been doing it for about, this is week four, and I think it's like transforming me as a person. And my mindset. So, uh, Chase, if you're listening, thanks, my man. You've uh, instilled a good habit in me. All right, back to what we were talking about. Another fun fact, Andy, my cousin who I bring up on the show, his son, he has two kids, his daughter, her birthday is on 4th of July, and his son's birthday is on Cinco de Mayo. Like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's more reasons to celebrate. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, we appreciate you being here this St. Patrick's Day weekend, and we have an amazing episode coming up. We are bringing on Heather Deaton, who is a financial wealth advisor for Allen Becker Investment Group. If that name sounds familiar, it is because it is familiar. I was on Money Sense, which is a podcast hosted by Allen Becker Investment Group, and Heather interviewed me back in January. Uh, and we ran the episode on the Cream City Pacers. Uh, we basically flipped the mic and I was being interviewed. So we got to bring Heather on or bringing Heather on, I should say, and we get to talk to her. Um, she's actually been on crutches for like the last, f what is it, four or five months. So she's had a pretty crazy injury and she's really, the mindset, Apostole, I was talking to you about this, she has had to go through and transform um, are really interested in talking to her about that. So this is going to be a great episode. I also, if we're going to have the wealth expert on, we're going to, we're going to get some knowledge in here for long-term, uh, investment and, you know, some, hopefully learn some quick tips on what you can do now to help start saving for your future, no matter where you are in life. If you're 20, 30, 50, about to retire, uh, Heather has a wealth of knowledge. So I'm excited for that. Um, I would say yes. that today's, well, hold on real quick. Today's sponsor mm -hmm. is Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. You know it. Mimosa is our OG sponsor. They take us back to day one. They're the, they have been voted the best brunch and breakfast spot in Milwaukee. And you know what? They have two locations. So wherever you are, there's a location nearby. So go check them out, mimosabreakfast.com. And uh, I don't know, what, what, what's one dish you recommend this weekend that someone goes and tries? Uh, I, last week, we talked about the pollo picante omelet, and that is definitely a a must, but ooh, I think I'm feeling the a, the Aegean Benedict is one of my favorites. That's one of the things I can eat every day. English muffin, 
with tabbouleh salad, which is just a bunch of vegetables and and um, bulgur wheat with lemon juice and and parsley, fresh, very fresh, extra virgin olive oil, poached eggs, hummus, homemade hummus. You get that egg a little bit runny and you just cut into it and it just goes all over that that beautiful English muffin. It's one of my favorite things to have on the menu. And the potatoes on the side, I can't go wrong. So that's coming from coming from me. But don't take it from me. There's many more things to choose from. And they are all delicious. Uh, every time you go into detail, you always get me super hungry. So I think this is going to be a good thing to break the fast this weekend is some mimosa for breakfast or brunch, depending when I break the fast. But I can't wait for baby Apostoli to come few weeks away. We'll see how many more episodes we can get in before uh, the baby's here. Super excited for that. But I say we should jump into this interview and bring Heather on. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have Heather Deaton, Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Heather and I go way back till January when I was on Money Sense. I was on the other side of the mic, and now we're flipping it, and we're we get to interview Heather today. So Heather, welcome to the Cream City Pacers podcast. Thank you so much, Alex. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. This is, uh, we laughed when we recorded the episode for you because I was on the other side of the mic and now you're on the other side of the mic. So it's coming full circle and we're pretty excited. It's, I feel like it's much easier on my side because I can just ask the questions, but right, I don't know. Not, not held accountable to any answers. So, so you're, a <laughs> podca- you're a podcast host. Have you been a guest on a podcast? I have. I was on the Waukesha County Green team, uh, Greencast, talking about okay. sustainable investing. Mm-hmm. So ooh, that sounds like a fun topic. So which which side of the mic do you like better? Gosh, I don't know. I guess it depends a bit on the topic. I like mm. to learn. So I really like to be the interviewer. Yeah. And, you know, but I like to be able to visit with people and 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 educate as well. So I like to share things that I know and have conversations about it. Well, I can tell you what, I'm going to get educated today because at one point we're going to talk about some long-term financial wealth and how to invest my money and what I should be doing, especially in this crazy market. Before we started the show, I was like, was it smart of me to put all my money in GameStop? And Heather's like, we can talk about it on the show. <laughs> but before we get into all that, I we got to talk running. So Heather and I how we got connected through all this is when I was working at GGMM we helped Alan Becker with their podcasts and we helped launch their shows. They were radio shows, right? Put them on the, on the mm-hmm. podcast world. And um, we discovered that Heather and I are both runners. But when we met, Heather was on crutches and not running at all. And here you are. When was that? Like last October, September? It was sometime last. I mean, you were it in was, your... It was in the fall. I mean, we're now in March. And so I developed a stress fracture at the end of July. And so it's in, it was in my hip. Um, it's a, I guess those are rare. I'd never had a stress fracture before in my life. And I had gone out for a walk one night and it started to feel kind of crummy. And I, the next morning I got up and I thought, well, I'll just do one more, I'll just do one more run and, and I'll take it easy on the weekend. So famous last words, I got halfway out and had to limp home, you know, coming back on, on this five mile route and, uh, you know, 
Fast forward a few weeks later, an MRI, and I had this stress fracture, and I got put on crutches for about 10 weeks to take care of that, like most stress fractures will um, heal themselves. And then another MRI, and it hadn't healed. There's something with my bones or my body, um, so then I had to have surgery, and then that was like another 8 to 10 weeks on crutches. So so really, you meeting me on crutches could have been any time in the second half of 2020. That is so crazy. That is such a long time to be in crutches and not being able to do anything. Right. Nothing on my feet, really. And that was, you know, I had to find just ways to get to get some movement. So I would do some different um, seated YouTube workouts I had found. I had this little group in um, Ontario, Canada that I followed, um, you know, and some different things like that just to be able to to move my body after, you know, I was so used to it. And it's such a big part of, of what I do. Um, I also just had to get comfortable and understanding that my body was going to take time to heal. And there mm-hmm. wasn't anything I could do to make it heal faster. There was only things that I could do to make it heal slower. So I really had to just kind of change my mindset. Along the way, you know, I, I had... I had a lot of anger, you know, and, and I had more anger about, you know, this, how, how my body failed me or what did I do to cause this and what should I have done different and why won't this be faster? And I like to control things. And that was something that was just completely, I couldn't control. And, um, you know, what I, what I noticed, I mean, had, had you told me back in July that like, I would have been on crutches like the whole rest of the year and that, you know, here we are in March. I've only run like a few minutes at a time on a treadmill at PT. Um, I would have, I, I don't know what I would have said or done, mm-hmm. but to be here and to now be able to like kind of look across this and, and just see that I shifted to having just more gratitude and appreciation for what my body does do for me. It sounds a little bit silly, but, you know, like just pumping blood and digesting food and, and things like that, you know, um, having my, my brain work and on all these kind of magical things that, that have nothing to do with the physical activity or running and just really having to have that gratitude and, and, um, and then just be able to see a future too. you know, things that I enjoy. I miss running very much. I will someday get back to it. But in the meantime, I'm hiking, I'm doing um, spin classes, I'm doing elliptical. We're going to Colorado this summer. And uh, my one of my sons really wants to do some great, long, tall hikes. And so we're going to, you know, try to train for that. And yeah, just try to enjoy what I can. It's it's all a little bit different, but we take those small things for granted, right? Like I think I was just having this conversation with someone else of when you when running gets taken away from you, you realize like oh how much it sucks, right? And sometimes yeah. when we're in the moment and we're running all the time, we don't appreciate it, right? We 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 look we look over that, and you you were really you've been in that for a long time. You think going back to when you had your stress fracture, what that was that from running, or do you, do you have like any idea what that came from? You know, it was likely overuse and I was running a lot and I was doing some, um, you know, kind of like hit workout classes, but it was, it was probably, it was running. I I had quit the gym. So all I could really do was run and I loved it. And I thought, oh, my body's keeping this up and this is going great until it didn't. 
Um, but yeah, it was probably overuse. You know, I went and then that was a whole nother cavalcade of um, different specialists I saw the second half of last year and um, working with an endocrinologist and things like that to just see why. Because it wasn't so much why was there a stress fracture. The concern came when it didn't heal with normal stress fracture therapy of just staying off of it. So what did the surgery do, like kind of like weld the bone back together or what did um, that look like? They put um, three pins in, in my femoral neck. So to say it's, it, so when it, that healed and fused, now it's not going to, it's not going to break. I, I did see the surgeon for a, another follow-up appointment last week and he, you know, coached me again to be careful get back to things slowly, any of the higher impact stuff like running long distance, because where they put those pins in, now it won't be the femoral neck that has a stress fracture, but where they like put the pin in could then have a stress fracture. <laughs> I guess it's news I needed to hear. I hadn't really thought of that. So that something the doctor should just leave out. That would just freak me out <laughs> even more. Of like I know. Something else to think about and worry about as a runner. Oh, that's crazy. So what, what is, how did you kind of, you talked a lot about gratitude and, you know, taking the little things and, you know, that they're a blessing. How was that? Did you shift to that mindset? Because I would be very frustrated at one point was you're just like, this isn't getting me anywhere. I need to kind of have a different mindset. Yeah. You know, I was, I had a lot of frustration. I did not get to this gratitude mindset quickly at all. It was very slowly. Um, you know, I, I kept trying to see light at the end of the tunnel. And then as I would get either closer to it or in the instance where it got farther away, when I had to start over with the surgery, that was maybe a turning point was where it was like, okay, this is just the way that it is. And just knowing that light at the end of the tunnel, wasn't going to be over and like an overnight you're just mm -hmm. like, like I'm off of crutches. Now I'm back to everything. So just also having to accept that things are going to take time. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of your listeners have had an injury, right? We, our bodies don't last the same way forever, but you know, I've had injuries before a hamstring or a, you know, an ankle or a foot thing, but nothing like this. It's just been something where, you know, a or a, a regimen of ibuprofen for two weeks and I'm back at it. <laughs> this, the classic was, runner two week off and it goes away <laughs> thing where it's like, Oh, okay. That was, that's yeah, gone. Right, right, right. And, um, yeah, so it just really took some time to, um, to just be able to come to that mindset. So, you know, really along with the gratitude though, I had a tremendous amount of support from my family my husband and our two sons who are in high school were very patient with my frustration. And, you know, I had many outbursts at times and, you know, I've thrown my crutches across the room at times and, and they've just been really, really supportive. Um, you know, as much as we've had, we had to change our vacation last year to accommodate, you know, bringing a wheelchair along if we wanted to go for some kind of longer walk or hike um, and things like that. And part of it, you know, with the shutdown last year, there was less, less commitments, less kind of to do. So that was not helpful. I don't want to say that, but um, it, it was the best time to have some extended injury, I suppose, is one way to look at that. 
and with all of us being home a bit more, um, you know, I think there was some, a lot of good that, that I saw for just the relationships I have at home. Yeah. I mean, I would say you definitely need, needed the help, all the help you could get. Right. And if everyone's home and, and that yeah. definitely helps. And again, that just goes back to things we take for granted when, you know, we have everything in front of us. And I think that is, that definitely is a journey you've been, you know, going down and <laughs> throwing your yeah. crutches across the room. I assume that means you've probably had a couple tape jobs or have gone through <laughs> a couple pair of crutches. <laughs> was mostly duct tape on on just one single pair. But, you know, I also like tricked it out with a water bottle holder so I could at least like put a put a I could carry something with me without like a like a cup of coffee. If I had it in a travel mug, I would put it in the water bottle holder so I could crutch to my, you know, workstation when I was working from home. And, you know, that's, I'd, I'd make a salad by hobbling around the kitchen and then I'd have to get one, somebody to come and bring it to the table for me. Cause you know, you can't, you can't carry things when you're having to go on crutches. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of humbling moments. Let me just say that, you know, you can't mm -hmm. walk across your kitchen with a tomato in your hand um, when you have to use crutches like you can when you're on two feet. So, yeah, but I think that that was, um, you know, again, the, uh, another part of the, of the healing part after the surgery and even at the end of the first round of crutches is that you do wean off of it too. You know, you go, to, you go from having zero weight on your bad leg to having 25% for like a, a week and then 50% for a week and then a hundred percent, or you go down to one crutch. And so that was, again, knowing that you kind of get to get used to being off the things and then it just gives you more hope every step. I also worked at, with um, a physical therapy team throughout it. You know, I've been seeing them basically the whole time. I, I was having a shoulder issue they were working on too. But um, that was really supportive just to have, it was like a, a, a kind of a little community. I was going um, a few times a week, actually several times a week um, during part of my injury because they had this kind of machine mat thing that's supposed to promote healing in bones and you'd lay on it for like, 15 minutes and I don't know, some sort of ultrasonic undetectable vibrations. And I thought, I don't, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do witch doctor. I'll do whatever it is that's going to help me. So it was also like, I was like, we were talking about like this gratitude for the little things. There's also the um, appreciation for the people that support you and just the, the trust involved too, you know, trusting people to help you or trusting uh, a, a treatment plan, you know, trusting the surgeon, trusting the doctor when they tell you it will be okay someday, you know, trusting the different specialists that you see. Heather, uh, can we talk a little bit about the energy of that got you there? Because, you know, we've talked about the journey of how it's been while you're injured, but and you said that how you got injured is probably overtraining. But then I want to know, why were you overtraining? Where is that coming from? Because as, as anybody that listens to the podcast would know, I struggle a lot with the motivation of getting out there, getting out the door, you know, being too busy, having too many things going on. Um, wh how were you able to overtrain? And if, and if we also answer that, were you funneling 
a lot of that energy into other things. You said you were doing a lot of other activities, but Mm -hmm. where is that coming from? Can you tell us a little bit about that drive in you? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks for asking that. That's a kind of on the deep end or deep side, I should say, of um, of just some of the things for me to, to reflect on. You know, I. I work out a lot. I, I kind of hesitated there for a second because I don't feel like I work out a lot now because it's not, you know, going to the gym. It's in my basement. It's not running. It's in my basement. Um, and so that motivation to continue to just keep that going, it was I'd been spending a lot of time working out for the last, I don't know, 10 years. And then with the shutdown and leaving the gym, I wasn't going to give that up. So I just kind of made up for it in other ways. But it's but working out, I work out in the morning and that's just something that really gets me kind of set for the day. I believe that it releases a lot of different um, stress and, and kind of anxiety or different. Maybe it's more of a releasing of energy that's more of a nervous energy Um. Maybe it's, I don't want to like say it's combustion, but you know, I think I get a lot of, en- of energy out of mm. working out, but I think it also releases it or changes it into something that's more useful for me. I know like my family, they know it's kind of a thing that I have to do, um, you know, that I, but I, I build it into my day. You, for me, it's in the morning. Um, so I don't feel like I'm taking time away from, from anything else. I do see again, looking back a little bit that it can, it can take over too much of your life too, you know, and it can take too much of the energy that you've got to where maybe what you have left is not as quality of energy too. Are your workouts more about, you know, hitting smaller targets or is it more about draining the energy? Like I'm trying to see, you know, because you mentioned high intensity um, interval training, Right. Mm-hmm. And does have you seen a correlation between, you know, what drains you for the rest of the day and what propels you? Um, yeah, because I'm doing a lot of those classes now and I had been, well, I guess for the last like year, I hadn't been doing as many of, of those types of classes um, before I started doing just uh, like a YouTube subscription or an online subscription. So I do feel um even though like it's all virtual right now. In the summer I had been going, before my injury, I'd been going to some in-person outdoor things. And I think that one thing is that sense of community. That's mm-hmm. something that that I really, I do know that I that I crave, you know, and there's a lot of that has been shifted or taken away, it feels, um, with with a lot of the different shutdowns and not having like, say, the gym to go to. So I had to continue to build that somewhere else. I also do like the solitude of running. I run by myself most of the time. It seemed like just because of the timing um, uh, from when I would go out and the ease of just being able to kind of do it on my own. And I kind of like that too. I I don't really like, <laughs> like bearing my soul. I don't really like to be alone that much, um, but I don't mind running alone. Which is that, that, yeah. it's so interesting because it's a, you're not the only one in that boat. It's a very common thing, whether it's people we've talked to on the show or friends that I have, where it's like, I don't really go to the group. And it's not that I I don't love the group or hate the group. It's just like I'd rather do it alone. And, and I have those days where it's like, I would rather run alone or weeks or months or I'd rather run with people. 
like I go through like this weird ebb and flow of it, but I, I know what you're saying and it releases, I don't know, it's, it, it just hits different, a run by yourself than a run with people. It's a different, different, like you saying, the energy release and give by yourself is different than when you run with people, the energy you release and give too. So it's kind of what you're in the mood for or where you are at in life too. So yeah. It's interesting. And going out in the morning too, when it's pretty quiet, um, you know, there's not a lot of cars. There's not a lot of other people that you see around as opposed to like, if I go for a long walk at night, you'll see a lot of dog walkers. You'll see a lot of different people. You'll see runners, bikers. You don't get that in the morning. And I think there's just something that hit that, that, that strikes me as very peaceful. I know everyone kind of has a different sense of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's something that I like about or love about running mm -hmm. as well. It's the, I've been trying to become a morning, like I like being up in the mornings, but I've been trying to like shift my complete workout schedule to just be in the mornings. And, you know, I've run on and off in the mornings for years, but the energy, like the world is so quiet in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like you would think that like 5 a.m. in the morning would be the same at like 10 o'clock at night. But if you run at 10 o'clock at night, it's very loud still. There's still like the energy is still humming and buzzing from the city. But at 5 a.m., like nothing is alive, but like the animals that are like crossing the road in front of you. So I, I do, I, I'm all, all in on uh, morning workouts and morning running. And I think, I think it's the best thing for your body, how it projects you. It gives you a good attitude. It puts you in the right mindset. Your energy levels are good. You, I feel like I explain it. You burn off the bad energy. Well, it feels up the good energy for the day. So, mm -hmm. but tying this back to what Apostoli was saying, where you're so motivated and you were running and, you know, you were saying you were overworking and how you've kind of explained, you've shifted that in a different way. Like you're not running, but you're going to your PT a couple times a week, right? And you're seeing a team and you're making goals there and you're doing your workouts with your, uh, you know, your YouTube groups and you're doing these things like you're hiking. Like I know I just saw you posted on Badgerland. You did the hundred mile challenge yeah. in a hundred days. And and that's like really proud. And, and you can even say like, there's people who are commenting on those posts, like, Oh, Heather, this is so great. Like I'm hoping I can make it to the hundred by the hundred days. And like, you've already done it. It's just, it's like really cool that you, you you're doing great things. It's just, you know, in a completely different perspective than running and you kind of have to take that in and it's hard to do, but you're, you, we, I, we can both see it that you're, you're doing that. So it's a different world once you get injured and have to kind of do shift your your life and everything you do, but, um, yeah, thanks. You know, and, and just choose my choice of words sometimes too. You know, I say, well, I, I, I still, I, I want to say I'm a, I'm a runner, but it almost, it feels like I, you know, I'm very genuine too. And it's like, I almost have to say I used to be a runner, but I don't want to say that because I don't give up all hope on it. So yeah, yeah. Do you think, what, what, what are your, visions here like you you think you're gonna get back to running you think you'll be able to well what are your thoughts you know I think I'll be able to I just think it's gonna be a, a slow transition I'm hoping next month to really start more of like a return to running up program you know whether that's having like a more of a structure of trying you know six minutes one day eight minutes you know three days later or whatever mm -hmm. it is and and build up that way um and I, I haven't taken the time to really think about how to how to do that. Um, 
Exactly. So I'll work with PT on that. But um, I do want to be able to get back to running. I do really love it. Like as we're talking about the morning run or a trail run even and things like that. I, I do like the community of just a fun, you know, 5K um, yeah. or or some of those. I don't do long runs more than about five miles or at least I wasn't. Um, and I would like to be able to do those. And I would like to have it be like where a lot of people they don't necessarily train for a 5K, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I'm hoping that I can get to where I can run at least a few days a week and have fun with it and do some fun runs and and just have it as part of my life in addition to the other things that I enjoy doing. Have you found, has there been anything you've like started loving that you're like now is going to be a part of you, like cycling or, or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I really do like um, doing more um, weight training. I had been doing weights just like twice a week in mm-hmm. the old, my old times. <laughs> and then now, yeah, now I do, you know, weights more often, more classes involving weights that I hadn't been doing um, before. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to have more instructor led things like that. And then just, um, you know, really making sure that I make the time to get outside still. I walk a lot um, in the in the evenings, but um, like with the weather or with the with it being light out later, um, you know, doing more trails and things like that. I snowshoed. That was big for me um, since the mm. beginning of the year. I was able to do some snowshoeing um, when there was snow and it wasn't too cold and my body was uh, able to do that. So just doing more things like that too. I don't even want to think of snowshoeing. I don't even want to think of that weather anymore. That should yeah. be all in the yeah. past. But yeah. the weight training is interesting because that's one thing runners are never good at or want to do is anything but mm-hmm. running. And at least you're able to do these things to help you, you know, get back. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, excited to see your journey here. But speaking of you, you love the fun runs. What's uh, What are some of your favorite ones in town? So I like the cream puff run at the state fair. I have not done that. I have not done that, but tell us about it. Well, I'm a huge state fair supporter. We love the state fair. It's a big tradition in our family. Um, I love to support the state fair foundation and they have an annual cream puff run. So as part of your entry ticket, you get a t-shirt and you get a cream puff at the end of the race and you get a um, ticket for um, entry into the state fair. Now, I'm not sure exactly how they're doing or if they're doing the cream puff run this year. But um, and they didn't have it last year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But the previous years then, too. And um, I also really like I haven't done this for a while, but just the time of year is beautiful. And that's the Tyranina beer run. It's out at the brewery in Lake Mills and you can do a half marathon or um, and they call that the half barrel or the one sixth barrel. Um, And so that's like four point three seven or whatever it is. And that's a fun one because um, there's a lot of different people there. They have a beer sale for like six packs and you get um, a pretty decent dinner, like a lasagna dinner afterwards. Mm -hmm. So and there's a big like beer tent and things. So that one is fun. That's a that sounds like a classic Wisconsin run, and I heard the the route's pretty beautiful. Like it's uh, kind of on the lake, it's mm-hmm. kind of around the lake. Is it all? Is it a little bit gravel too, or is it all path and road? Um, you're on road, and well, I've only done the one sixth barrel. Mm. I think that the half barrel might have 
um, have some trail in it too, now that you say that. But yeah, so I have done the, just the shorter version and it is pretty, it's, it's a little hilly, but not, um, not crazy hilly. Like you can't do it. Just talking about races makes me want races to be back so bad. And then I go, I, I think know. that race is in like November, right? So you're like, okay, there's a good chance. I know. That good that chance. Race will be on. But when we talk like cream puff run, you're like, oh, I know. Maybe, yeah. maybe it'll be back. Maybe. I, I don't know. Did you do the virtual, uh, like the drive? What, what was the state for last year? Like the drive-in or the drive-through? Oh yeah, yeah, the drive-throughs. Okay, yep, I didn't do that. But if you're a big supporter of the state fair, was that cool? Did you do that? You know that, and of, okay, so just right. That was early on in my injury because it was in August, okay. and so I was, you know, that which is totally fine. We drove through. I was so darn excited. I mean, seriously, we drove in, and I was like, oh my god. We're here, and then you got to drive on the Milwaukee Mile track, oh, and no so way. here, here we're in our like mom bomb minivan, right? And the kids are teenagers; they were in the back. My husband's driving, and he all of a sudden he like guns it and he drives really fast. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then I realize, "Oh, duh, we're on the Milwaukee Mile." So that That's was just really kind cool. of funny. And then you know we had found a couple, you know, some of our um our tradition traditions that we usually get for food were there because they kind of had a rotation you know some weekends it was certain vendors other weekends it was other vendors so we had gone and it, it was just exciting and when we bought some of the state fair swag and um mm-hmm. you know went through the sazes line and then they redid cream puffs too they had like two more r- rounds of cream puffs they had a pumpkin spice one around halloween then they had a chocolate one around Christmas. I didn't, I, or I gave those away as gifts. I, um, somebody's birthday. And, um, then they did a strawberry one at Valentine's. Now they said they are done until real state fair. Wait, I had no idea this was I a know. thing. So they were selling cream puffs like year round. They like did. Different. They, they did it through the drive through like you, like the, in August. Then they did it again around Halloween. Yeah. You could drive. It was a drive through. You picked them up. I know. No, I'll I'll know next time to let you know about that. <laughs> what what is it about the the State Fair Foundation, Heather? I know, I know it's not running related, but uh, we have everybody in Milwaukee would love to know more about what does the foundation? Why do you support the foundation? What? So it's the it's the um, nonprofit organization that supports the state fair and some different endeavors that they do, and so they had had like some fundraisers around the holidays. You could um, buy um, a become like a friend of the foundation. So they had the membership, and um, with the membership that level that I bought, I get like a state fair ticket, I think, and like the bargain book, and I got a. <laughs> A Christmas ornament too. There was like this thing that said, you know, stick it to 2020 or whatever. <laughs> so it had a bunch of things on a stick. But but I just really think that the greatest thing about the state fair is um is the agriculture and the and the farmers and the local producers. And that to me is really important. Um I'm on the board for Fondy. We have the Fondy Farm Project and we run the Fondy Farmers Market and the Milwaukee winter farmers market. And it's all about bringing economic opportunity to small producers and farmers and bringing healthy food access to areas that that need it. So that's like the organization that I support. But as part of that, getting to know 
independent farmers and seeing the like cultural traditions that that are just going to be lost to future generations if we lose our family farms. So part of the state fair, you know, it's agriculture based and it's all the junior um, shows that come through with livestock and crafts and art. And I can just add this. So they have the they have photography um, competitions you can enter and they've got culinary competitions. And I always um, find one of the categories that I figure I've got a shot at um, for the quick breads. And I have I have placed and ribboned twice and quick bread. Yes, an applesauce bread and a um, a beet bread I had I made. So a that was fabulous. Bread. Yeah. It was made with beets. And actually I won I won last year too and that was a sauerkraut bread. Yeah, so <laughs> well, I've done it actually three times. You almost times. forgot the craziest one, the I know. sauerkraut. Well, cuz you you can hear by the names of these. So they have a different category. They have like 10 or 12 different categories of quick bread each year. So I never am going to enter banana bread because there's no way that I will win. There's way too many yeah. excellent bakers in Wisconsin. Hmm. And I, like I will never win a zucchini bread because there's way too much competition. So but I, I placed I didn't win first, but I placed in sauerkraut bread. <laughs> and I put, We're going to have to take a time out. Go back to the <laughs> intro here. And I need to say today's guest is Heather Quick Bread Ribbon winner at the 2020 or 19. 19. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So are, is it good? Like what is sauerkraut bread like? Well, I mean, mine was award winning, but I don't know how many. I think I, I think I placed. If I'm remembering, I might have placed third, and it I don't is, know if there was if there was three entries or if there was like eighteen hundred entries. I figure like, it must be eighteen hundred. If you but gave I me the seeds, bread, yeah, would I be like, this is sauerkraut, or, or is it? Like- it had sauerkraut in it. So think of it like like a zucchini bread that has like okay. zucchini in it. This is a sauerkraut. This is a bread that had sauerkraut in it, and I used um two different flours. So I had some rye flour in there and I had wheat flour and I had um, like I had caraway seeds and sesame. I think I had a sesame seed in there and um, Hmm. uh, flaxseed to add some crunch Hmm. and some other ingredients. So is sauerkraut bread a thing that we have not heard of? Or is it just every year they say, let's think of some crazy thing. We'll say, make a sauerkraut bread no directions and you just have to figure it out on your own or how how does it work? I see what you're asking. Like a banana bread, like we all know that's a thing and we all love it. Right. I don't know. I don't know if sauerkraut bread is a real thing or if that was just the state fair, like messing with bakers and saying who let's, let's see who's who's going to really do this. Let's do this. (laughs) And then the jokes on them because they have to try all the sauerkraut bread. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. All, all three or eighteen hundred entries, whichever it was. Yeah. So it's super interesting to go back to the the nonprofit. I, you know, yeah. when you think of state fair, you think of fun, deep fried food. You think about every walk of life in Wisconsin coming there, but you kind of overlook everything you just said, right? Like you walk through the barns and you watch the cows get milked, and then you move on. Um, and I think what you're saying is is really important because it, it helps locally. It helps our state, right? It helps. Pr- sustain businesses, but also provide food. And, um, you know, Apostoli with Mimosa, you buy local. I mean, that's one of your things that sets you apart from other restaurants. And I think it's, I, I really only ever think about it from the restaurant side, right? Apostoli, like from you, but seeing it like 
on a big scale, it, it kind of comes full circle. So I think that's, um, that's, I don't know, like, cool. That's just a statement. I really don't have a question or anything in there. <laughs> Maybe you want to jump in there, Apostoli? Yeah, it's especially, as you said, yes, restaurants, some restaurants, they try to do the the farm, the whole farm to table thing, but um, it's it's super important for consumers, individuals to support local as well, because you have this uh, higher access to higher quality from the bigger um, outlets right now, right? You have like Walmarts and Targets and um, all the big players doing the whole organic thing right now. So it's important more than ever to say, hey, do I have an option right now to go to a local um, farmer's market? Uh, hopefully those are going to be a thing again, um, or more so this this year than last year. Uh, but also your local co-ops, your local, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have to be outpost only. There's ways or just go directly to, for example, go to Yuppie Hill uh, Farm out in Burlington, you know, just walk up and they'll have a, you know, like call this number if nobody's in here and you just call him and Lynn will pull up and be like, what do you need? I need eggs. Okay, here you go. Grab some eggs. Um, you know, look around you. There's plenty of people. There's resources. There's Facebook pages of people that are selling their honey. Um, go find it. I mean, it that's and or go to the state farm once a year or become a member like heather said and yeah um yeah find the resources there well and there's community supported agriculture that's the subscription boxes you can sign up for with farms or farm co-ops where they'll drop off or deliver a box of produce every week or every other week you buy the subscription and you are so much more in tune with the growing season, so much more in tune with the weather and what your farmer, what your producer is going through as you get your box and you see, you know, the the bounty and what it is and what's in season and the recipes they give you on how to prepare it. So I'm a, yeah, big uh, advocate for local produce and supporting small farmers. So thanks for the what you do, Apostoli. We were just looking at CSAs. Sorry to cut your your moment there off off the story where you're supposed to say no, I, w- I wasn't going to say anything I say thank you thank you we're not doing we get inspired by by hearing mm-hmm. what you just shared with us because we don't you know I don't have time to go to the the state fair and I should I I'm I'm preaching to me when I'm when I'm saying you should go to the state fair because I don't yeah and well, because I I'll always thought it's I, th- I think it's about the food and no, the it's... yeah, the deep fried on a stick, which it is, but it's not only. <laughs> Fact. Yep. It could yeah. do both. So we'll do. We'll mm-hmm. we'll do. We'll hopefully. Well, we'll see if it happens this year. But if not, I'm gonna get on the. If it's not happening, we're going so I can drive on the Milwaukee Mile. That's one thing. That's one takeaway. So I yeah. do want to kind of transition here. So we talked about the comparison and running, and you know, Heather, you being injured and kind of relooking at everything and. Taking this over to the financial world, I think comparison in the financial world is pretty similar to runners where when you're looking at someone faster than you, you're looking at someone with more money than you and you really don't know their situation and your take on wealth is different than their take on wealth. I know I get stuck in that trap, especially with social media and everything these Mm -hmm. days. And we have the expert herself on, so I would love to dive a little deep into 
as some of the stuff like you do on a daily basis, but also I think just some some high level stuff to get us a better understanding of things that we can be doing. And I know when we were talking before the show, I think there you told me some very simple things where I'm like, this, this is so this is almost too simple. Like, why haven't I been doing this for the last eight years of my life? Um but I guess I don't know where you really want to start with it, but I know COVID's been kind of crazy. You know, it's really a lot of people have been investing. A lot of people maybe are looking to invest. I think, you know, we've seen everything with this actual like Wall Street um, with GameStop and Robinhood. And I know that's not what you guys do. You're more long term health. So I'd kind of want to hear like an overview from you on this uh, um, on a situation right now. And yeah, thanks. You're you're right. There's well, actually, since the pandemic, there are people in many different situations, right? We know that there is a great disparity between the people that were able to continue working, kept their jobs, and possibly had an increased business or income because of the success of, of their industry. Then there's people that have been able to make it kind of status quo. And then there's people that have, you know, taken a hit and a setback because of the pandemic, whether that's, you know, being having their business shut down or their hours cut or their position eliminated because of, you know, low volume in their industry. So with all those different pieces, I think, you know, you mentioned like comparison, I mean, comparing running times, comparing bodies, comparing wealth, comparing cars, you know, it's all the thing I remind myself of is it's the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. So if, if you can think of what brings you joy, what is important to you, you know, when it comes to financial planning, you know, this, it is about your values and what is important to you. If saving for the long term is important, what why is why is that? What part of long-term savings is important? What are your short or medium-term goals? Everyone is at a different point in their financial journey. So taking a look at where you really want to be when you think the next, say, one to three years, three to five, you know, five to 15, and then even beyond, like when you think of, you know, 20 plus years from now, those are all different goals that, that you kind of need to have an understanding of what it is that you're, that you're working for or saving for. And then that's going to really drive like all the way back down to like day-to-day choices. So some of the things that when I work with clients on comprehensive financial planning, at in the important areas or in the areas that are important to the client, you know, that's what we do at, at Ellen Becker. We do financial planning and um, ongoing asset management. But when I talk to clients about their financial future, you know, there's some of the basics like get an, get a stable emergency fund before looking at too much long-term, you know, speculative investing, make sure you can cover say three to six months or even six to 12 months of expenses with cash that's in a savings account at your bank that's easy to access. So if something happens to your job or your ability to work, you can actually still pay your bills. So you have time to make a plan for to address whatever had just happened. So you're not in an emergency situation. Well, I guess you, you would be. You'd be using your emergency fund. But the whole point of having that set is so then you can have, you can be confident and comfortable in putting funds away for the long term while you've got your short-term 
kind of covered. So like that's one that's one thing. That benchmark of say 3 to 6 months of expenses or if you want to be more conservative, you know, 6 to even 12 months of expenses covered in an emergency fund. And that's a pretty simple way to start, right? If you don't know where to start. Yeah. Start building that up because all you do is just your direct deposit, let's say, or your check goes right into your savings account and you can start start there. I think that's that's very I think that's one simple thing. It's easy to overlook. Yeah. And, and to how do you know what you're spending in a month, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So the other thing is really just cash flow uh, management sounds like budget, but it's more cash flow tracking. Be, understand what's coming in to your, to your checking account, let's just say, and what's going out and where is it going on a monthly basis. So that's going to set what those expenses are. It's going to give you an understanding of what you're spending so you know how much is three months to six months of expenses, right? So there's some math there, but being aware. So I really do talk to clients oftentimes about, you know, don't think of this cash flow tracking as judgment. Don't think of it as limiting. It's not putting you on a budget. It is just giving you awareness as to what you're spending on so you can have confidence that that is where you want your funds to go right now. And... The fact that then it helps set what the emergency funds should be. Mm-hmm. It also helps set, you know, what your savings opportunities are for whatever's left over after you spend. Um, then that that leads to like where should you invest and for what goals. But even like if you think long term, knowing what you spend now is probably the best predictor on what you're likely going to spend in retirement. Now, if it's 30, 40 years from now, yeah, that might be a little bit, you know, that's, that's, we're kind of 50 yard line, you know, guessing, but mm-hmm. when I retire, I'm not going to want to spend less than I spend now. I'm not going to go on a budget when I stop working. I've worked too hard. So that's why you want to mm-hmm. be able to say, okay, when I think of like, say retirement way down the road, I'm going to need to have enough saved to support spending at that time. So some people will be like, well, how much do I need? You know, do I have, I have, I have $500,000 or I have a million dollars saved for retirement. Is that enough? Well, I don't know how much you're going to spend, you know? I mean, so that's, so kind of getting, again, watching that cash flow is going to just really help set a lot of different parameters mm-hmm. um, that then kind of just, it, it's the start. Like you, like you had mentioned, it's, there's, mm-hmm. there's kind of small steps that you can take, you know? Checking out your cash flow, getting getting an understanding of it, saving for the emergencies, then looking at paying down debt, depending on what type of debt it is, what the interest rates are. You know, that's another thing. If if you're if you've got like high credit card balances, you know, you'll want to really make sure that as you have extra funds, you can start tackling that. There's strategies around um, paying off the small balances first, just to kind of get some momentum and clean them up. Um, I guide clients a lot to look at the interest rates, pay off the highest interest rate loans first. You know, you could look at that with student loans. So many people are, you know, really um, kind of have a lot of student loan debt right now. I know there's uh, the deferment right now, but continue to pay the payments anyway, if you can afford it, because that's paying off principal. Um, in the meantime, so that's, that's something that's, uh, that's another little tip too. But so, you know, being mindful of debt and, and, um, looking at refinancing mortgages, if you haven't, you know, looked into that interest rates are really low right now. Yeah. Interest rates. If you got a person who looks at those, 
those can get you very quick. I don't know why. I um, this is. I was looking at like I got a, something in the mail with my credit card. It's like fifteen percent if like you mm-hmm. start missing payments. You're like that's a lot. Did More you say? F- did you say? 15, yeah. And yeah. and some revolving debt like that is 18.99, 21.99. You know, and it's it does. And and um, so you know, being able to really look at that, see how you could, whether it's consolidating those or using some balance transfers, you know, just being mindful about a plan to pay off um, especially the revolving debt, you know, a car loan, a mortgage. You know, that stuff takes time to pay off. We understand that. The interest rates are usually fairly favorable. There's ways you can refinance. But the revolving um, credit card debt, uh, department store debt, private loans, that can really hinder any progress. So that's that's kind of some of the the upfront work, you know, before before thinking of, say, investing on the Robinhood mm-hmm. platform. <laughs> that, you know, people should really take care of, Yeah. While we're still talking on this basic stuff, what's interesting is a couple of years ago, we started doing like the monthly tracking and it really quickly realized like, you're like, oh, we spend this much money doing this. Like when it's only like so many increments each week, it it starts adding up and then you start cutting that out. You know what I mean? That can just help with unnecessary credit card payments. All that kind of stuff can maybe, I mean, we noticed that helped us a little bit. Oh, for sure. And you're just way more committed to what you're actually spending on. Like yeah, it's again, more, I, I yeah. feel it's really, fr- it's freedom, you know, where you can actually move forward with confidence because you have a plan, you've got your arms around it, mm-hmm. you know, and you can feel more committed. I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people that were able to keep their jobs and continue to earn while we were, since now the whole, this whole last year mm-hmm. and with a lot of expenses being reduced, you know, we are just sitting in a really opportune moment to be able to have a, have a different financial plan for, for ourselves, um, for the future. And I think part of that really does come with, you know, looking at, at what you, what your values are when it comes to when we can start really traveling and spending and going to things and places and dining out and going to, um, you know, concerts and events and things like that. You know, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And I do also think that there's just that opportunity to see what's it been like this last year and what do I really want to spend my time and my and my finances on. Yeah. And 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 sorry, Alex, uh, Heather, you can't stress that enough. The what you just said about freedom, like because making setting limits is not limiting. And mm-hmm. I wish more people would talk about that. Some people say, uh, you know, there's that saying discipline is freedom. Uh, it, it truly is. It's it, you're, you're setting limits so that you can focus on just one thing. Otherwise you're just all over the place. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm all for that. Yeah. Go ahead, that's Alex. great. I wasn't going to say anything, but I like that statement. I think, um, it's something that you can very easily like be against, but it's totally helpful when you put it into practice. I mean, this is this is almost like when we're mindfulness and we talk about this all the time with the running. You just have to be mindful of this and open to it, right? It's sometimes mm-hmm. I think, at least when I look at finance or money, you look at it like it's, it's like jail cell. It's locked you in. You don't talk about it. You know, you don't rumble with it or anything. When really, if you can understand it and yourself better, you can make 
better decisions. And then when you have, you know, Heather, someone like you who understands you, you do this, so you understand, you know, how this all lays out and can ask the right questions and put, put things together and into motion, you know, it all starts coming together. Yeah, for sure. And then it's about setting goals. You know, like we talked about goals of, say, the emergency fund, um, you know, getting a handle on your monthly cash flow, paying down debt, um, you know, the the debt that that is that we that's negative debt. Then it's about setting the other goals. You know, so if you're saving, some people save for a down payment on a house or they're saving for their kids' college education, or they're saving for, you know, retirement down the road, or, or, or a new car, or how about most people are saving for all of those things at once, <laughs> or many of those things at once. And that's then too, where with planning, you can really prioritize, you know, so like looking at how do you best take advantage of your work Retirement plan, if you've got a 401k or a 403b or some sort of work retirement savings plan um, with with the company you work for, how do you best um, decide how much to contribute? You know, try to maximize the match because the employer's matching and giving you basically free money in your 401k. Sometimes the 401k has the, um, it's got the tax deferred option. Sometimes some 401ks have a Roth option. Or you can invest and you can invest in a Roth IRA on the outside, assuming that you're under the income phase out threshold. But, um, you know, being able to look at the Roth options because that's tax free growth, you never pay taxes on that again. So there's just some other strategic planning on where to save. Like you can say, I want to save for retirement, my 401k, you know, just being which is great. Uh, Just being able to look at it and say, okay, is this the best place for me to save? like from a, say a tax perspective now, but looking at the tax perspective for later too, mm-hmm. because, because anything that's tax deferred in retirement, you pay income tax on it at whatever bracket you happen to be in based on your withdrawals at that time. So yeah. that's something that we try to plan with clients too. Well, that's a, that's a good point. And there's a lot more investing than just like you just said, outside your 401k at work. There's a lot more you can do. Like you just said, Ross, but there's also other things you can do that, you know, you, you're the expert in, not myself, but I do have one more question (laughs) before we get out of here. Is there anything like new in 2021 after this year or anything you see that like, if people are looking to diversify their portfolios or do something new and investing that, I don't know, you recommend? Well, okay. One One thing that people need to be aware of for 2021, I just want to point out, we're kind of early in the year, so it's a good time to point it out, is that there is a um, a federal tax deduction that's above the line for charitable contributions up to $300 per taxpayer. So save your receipts if you donate to, say, the State Fair Foundation or Fondy Food Center, (laughs) my two two of my charities. Um, But, you know, just to know that that's something for this year, just be sure to know that you do, whether you itemize or not, you can take the standard deduction. You'll still get that for a joint, you know, married filing jointly, that's up to $600 uh, federal tax deduction. So like I said, save your receipts. Um, As far as, you know, new and new types of investments or products, I, you hear a lot about the, um, the SPACs, they're called these blank check companies. They're, they're kind of buying up, um, right now there's many SPACs it's for electric vehicle companies. They're, it's a way that they can escape the 
structure and rigor around a, an initial public offering, an IPO, they can they can give more um, financial expectations than they can in an IPO to raise more capital, raise up their value more in these SPAC deals. Um, I point that out not to say go after the SPACs. Just be aware when you hear that, that this is just a, it's a newer, more unique and, and risky investment because of the difference in the regulations and the regulatory rigor than you see in the IPOs. So if people are into it and they start looking at, say, SPACs or there's ET, there's exchange traded funds that are now centered on SPACs. But when I look at investing, you know, you want to have quality. So it's not necessarily about the about like a new thing or something to watch out for, but you want to have quality investments. So if it's a mutual fund or an exchange exchange traded fund, you want that to be um, you want to look at the internal expense to make sure that they're not super high internal expenses that will just that kind of eat away at the performance of those funds. You don't necessarily see it. They report it, but it's not like you're paying. It just comes out of the performance of the fund. So you want to watch the internal expenses because the fees can really uh, deteriorate the performance. And then if you hold high quality, that's what you want to hold through any kind of downturn. So if you've got, if you've got poor quality investments and the market goes down, you're, they're not going to be able to come back as well as something that's high quality. And then also don't sell out when the market goes down. <laughs> that's really important. So if you've got something that you want to hold that you feel is quality, you'll be able to stick with that emotionally instead of um, panicking when the market drops because something's going, it, it's going to, right? The market goes up and down. We know this. We know there will be volatility this year. So when the market goes down, it's just being able to have that, um, ha just have the peace and calmness to be able to stay invested. Because if you sell when it's down, you're locking in that loss as opposed to holding it to be able to recover. If that if that's kind of helpful, just thinking of the emotions of it. SPACs, SPACs, SPACs. I, I'm it's not at, even going to say it right. SPAC. Okay, so I'm going to try and to don't sound ask me what it stands for because I can't remember. <laughs> I'm going to sound smart at work. But no, that was great advice. Thank you for that. I didn't even realize about the um, charitable donations. That's a, that's a, let's just think that's like a free tip for everyone out there to take advantage of. Um, Heather, this was a great conversation. You are so close to coming back, and we're excited to have you back when you do run. Yeah, um, thank you. And now I'm ready for the state fair as well. But before we go, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid-fire questions. Are you ready for these? I am. Okay, let's do it. What is your favorite route to run in Milwaukee? My favorite route is uh, I live in Wauwatosa, and so I love to run from my house, and I get down by the parkway and go through Hoyt, pool and back up through the village on 76th street heather i love that route i love the tulsa park pool because the beer garden is wonderful mm -hmm. um, but it's also fun to run in hoyt park because i don't get over there much if you could bring one person to milwaukee and that could be dead or alive to go on a run with you who would it be <sighs> um it'd be my niece megan who we lost when she was 13 and she was in cross country. Oh, well, sorry about your <laughs> loss. Yeah. But that would be, that would be awesome. Would mm -hmm. you take her on your, on your route or would, does she have like a route that she would want to do? Um, no, they lived uh, in the middle of the state. Um, 
my sister and her family, my brother-in-law's a farmer. So they were up in, uh, up by Marshfield. So if mm. she came to Milwaukee, I think I would take her on my favorite uh, route or possibly go on one of the fun runs. I think she'd enjoy that. Oh, the cream puff. Yeah, for full sure. Circle. That would be yeah. fun. Okay. What is your favorite pre-race pump-up song? Um, Mr. Blue Sky. That's a good Shoot, one. I can't remember who it's by. I might have to redo that. Yellow? Is that by Yellow? Electric Light. Yeah. Electric Light yeah. Orchestra. Right That's as I said it, I was like. Good song. I know. Mr. Blue Sky. I love that song. Yeah. Is there a book that you would recommend to us and our listeners? Uh, it could be running related or anything that could inspire others that has inspired you in the past. You know, to keep with the agriculture theme that we've been kind of going on um, with the state fair and farmers and um, and local um, animal vegetable miracle. It's um, a memoir by Barbara King Solver, and it's the journey that she and her family did for one year. They only ate local with a few exceptions, but they had to eat only things produced within, I think it was a hundred miles of their home. And it's fascinating. Wow. That seems easy, but the more I think about it right now, that's probably pretty hard to do. I mean, I know 12 whole months. It's the, it's all the seasons. Yeah. No bananas ever. (laughs) No bananas ever. I know. I I read a book like last year that talks about you should try to eat local, like with mm-hmm. the farmers markets, like you're saying, or with the seasons to really experience like how your body like should be eating around yeah. you. And I was like, that's crazy because I can't have bananas. Then <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Obviously, that you say that, but it's true. Okay, what is your favorite piece of running gear? My p- favorite piece of running gear is this um, long sleeve. Um, kind of thinnish shirt. It's by Kraft and it is great from like 35 degrees, like all the way up to like 60 degrees. It's amazing. Like you'll think it's cold and it, it heats up really great. Yeah. It's kind of like got a, um, it's got kind of a texture. It's kind of like got a ribbed pattern on it. Mm-hmm, I have two of them. Hmm. Might need the link for that. Yeah. Definitely need it in Wisconsin where you have this like. It could be winter. Right now it's winter. It's snowing outside. It could be 60 degrees like last week. So that sounds like the shirt to have. Um, Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So other than that advice, what other advice would you give to runners, especially new runners? Do what you can in a way that you can can in a way and in a way that you can enjoy it. You know, just have fun with it. Don't compare too much about what you can't do or what others can do. Or even in certain situations, don't compare what you used to be able to do. But just appreciate, you know, getting out, trying it out. If it's running for two minutes at a time, you know, a couple times across a three mile walk, that's just a way to start and build on from there. I'll be doing that starting probably in a few weeks here. (laughs) (laughs) But that's wonderful because it's a trifecta of things. Um, You know, I don't usually string together. You know, it's usually one or the other. And I think putting them all together can really bring you center and actually be in the moment and be present. So that's wonderful. So that was that was it. Those are great answers. Um, Heather, where can people find more about you? Uh, Maybe if they want to work with you at Alan Becker, where can people go find you? 
Oh, for sure. They can look at our website. It's ellenbecker.com. And they could call the office. It's 262-691-3200. Or email me at any time. It's heather at ellenbecker.com. And when you're done listening to this show, head over to whatever app you're listening to us on and look up Money Sense and go find an episode that Heather is hosting because she has some wonderful episodes with some wonderful people around the area and they have great conversations. So go check out Money Sense as well. Heather, this was wonderful. We appreciate your time. Um, and soon enough, hopefully we can go for a run together. Absolutely. That's, that would be great. And this was wonderful. Thank you guys so much for having me. Heather. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, absolutely. I can't like fathom. I have not been injured that long. I've actually never broken a bone, which I didn't really bring up on the show. Um, so I can only imagine a stress fracture in your hip and then having to go through surgery after you think you've recovered. Oh, that just sounds crazy. And the mindset, you know, the mental fortitude and how strong you have to be and hearing it through Heather and how she's like adapted and taken her energy that she used to do from running to other things to help keep her moving forward is is incredible and um i also feel like i now need to like go look at my bank accounts and actually start being a little yes. more proactive with uh with who i want to be in the long term here especially you you know you're having the little one on the way you got to start thinking about that college fund saving uh, all these things it's crazy yeah you thought this was a running podcast but uh, hey we help you run your finances and run your life too and, and it's funny because heather we're gonna re- <laughs> yeah, uh, heather called us before this and said okay so what are we going to talk about and we said well we will probably talk about running but then wherever it takes us and we're i was i was like hold on a second we've been talking about the state fair for 10 minutes and that's what makes this podcast great and our guests great is the fact that anything's game on the cream city pacers podcast so thank yeah, you i'll Heather. be honest i had no idea the um like the nonprofits and everything that kind of connected with the state fair and how that kind of like comes full circle and supports wisconsin and and helps feed our communities that's pretty cool because i definitely have always taken that for granted and just looked at the state fair and said what flavor chocolate milk can i get for 25 cents and where's the deep fried something on a stick (laughs) which is a good part of the state fair don't get me wrong i do want to give a shout out to one hope 27 if you guys listened to our episode with sharon uh, a few weeks ago uh, she was talking about her Mother's Day 5K that they were doing. Uh, that is officially live, so you can register for that. It's a virtual 5K. It's to raise funds for the support of mothers and their children involved in the foster care system in Milwaukee. They are an awesome organization. You should go listen to that episode if you um, missed that because um, overall, it was so many awesome things came out of that. But you can go register. It's the weekend of Mother's Day, so May 7th through the 9th. Run it anytime you want. You know how it is with these virtual races. Go do it. Um, so you can head over to onehope27.org uh, slash onehope5k and register today. I also see that Chick-fil-A is a sponsor, so I like that. And Eagle Park Brewery. I like that too. Oh, and Anodyne. Oh my goodness. And Pro. Look at all these wonderful sponsors of that race. Friends of the pod. Uh, uh, friends of the pet, past guests of the pod. Yep. Awesome. The Chick-fil-A CEO was on a few weeks ago. I'm just kidding. 
that'd be <laughs> that would be a fun interview i feel like we would have to do that in person so we could get a bunch of chick-fil-a around and just eat we could totally indulge while we're talking mm. it would only feel right mm. anyway you're thinking sure anyways anyway well Hey, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys keep kick, kicking butt on your runs. And uh, till next Friday, baby, keep on running. <laughs>